Hey, we are the Midday Referral Network, and this is our podcast. Check it out. I'm Meryl Loeschner, chief storyteller and podcast producer with Smith Douglas Associates. When I bought my first place, I thought that getting it inspected was an expensive, necessary evil. Boy, was I wrong. That inspector taught me things about my house I'd never pick up on my own. That's why I had so much fun talking with Dom Shanklapore from All Angles Home Inspection. He had some great stories to tell. Enjoy. Hey, welcome. Today we're talking to Dominic Shanklapore from All Angles Home Inspections on what to expect from a home inspection. How are you? Good. How are you doing today? A lot of people have dealt with home inspections, but what are one of the first things you do when you start a home inspection? The first thing you do when you get out of the car and take a look at the house? After introducing myself to my buyers and the sellers and whoever else is present, I like to basically tour the property. And while I'm touring it, I'm identifying where all the systems are, where the mechanicals are, where the utilities come in the house, where all the shutoffs are. And while I'm taking this tour, I'm playing photographer. I'm documenting the house. That way, in my report, I'll be able to itemize and identify the locations of every, every piece of equipment in the house. That way, should somebody need some particular piece of information, say they want to know where the water main is after they, they're in there for a while and they have some sort of leak. They want to know where to shut it off so they can go back to my report months or years down the road to say, oh, there it is in the northwest corner of the basement. If I didn't take that tour and document the house, that tidbit of information wouldn't be there for them. What is some new technology available to home inspectors these days that people who haven't bought a new house in a while may not be aware of? Infrared technology. We have the ability to use thermal imaging to find heat loss or, or cooling loss, depending on the season. So you can figure out what, are the defi- what some of the heating and cooling deficiencies are in the house, lack of insulation, some hot water pipes that might not be properly insulated, or even some hidden leaks that could be in ceilings potentially. There's uh, not much that has changed as far as building science goes, so it's pretty much uh, keeping a watertight situation and keeping things outside that belong outside and keeping things inside that belong inside. And by the use of thermal imaging, we can uh, figure out where those breaches are. Excellent. So still no x-ray vision to look behind the walls. There, there are actually some scope cameras that I do own that I have the ability to look above drop ceilings without dismantling anything because I'm not allowed to take anything apart and send a little snake that's three feet or six feet long into a ceiling or behind a wall where I physically can't get in with a normal camera and I'll be able to see if things are insulated, see if there's any water behind walls or see if there's any Mickey Mouse uh, worthy electric. How long does an inspection usually take? I'm assuming it's regarding the size of the condo or house or whatnot, but what's the average estimate you give people? An an average house here on Long Island is anywhere from an hour and a half to three hours. I've been in inspections that were 45 minutes for a one-bedroom condo, and I've been in inspections that were eight hours for a 7,500-square-foot monster. So it it does vary greatly. You're always going to find someone saying, I don't need a home inspection. What, What do you tell people? There's many properties out there that look absolutely perfect and will give you the 
the safety or full sense of safety thinking that you won't need a home inspection because everything looks so perfect. Typically those houses are designed to look perfect to the untrained eye and in many cases those are done by contractors, builders, flippers, whoever it may be that will put things together and to the naked untrained eye, it does look perfect. Once you get into crawl spaces and basements and attics behind the scenes, you get to see the quality level of work or lack thereof that has taken place. Sometimes you'll find an absolutely gorgeous, beautifully done house to the nines that's extremely high end and then get into an attic and find a boatload of fire hazards or find leaks waiting to happen in a basement. So pretty much safe to say any property really should have a home inspection. What are some of the horror stories you've seen on houses that you didn't think would have a big problem and you found one? I've I've been to beautiful houses that were over 6,000 square feet in high-end areas of the island that were beautifully done, very desirable at houses, and I go into the attic and I hit hit with a very interesting funky smell. Start shining my flashlight around and I find piles of insulation that are displaced that obviously were some sort of critter's nest. And take a closer look, I see little footprints in dust on top of ductworks. Look over my other side, I find droppings. So I've, I've found bird nests. I've had the crap scared out of me by birds that were hiding under insulation in attics that fortunately I didn't go through the attic when I jumped. So th- there's lots of interesting things I've come across. Is Are ter- termites a big problem on Long Island? Yes, definitely. We build houses out of wood. We build them in very close proximity to soil. And we're on an island. We have lots of trees. We have lots of foliage right up against houses so things don't have the ability to dry out and whenever you have a moist environment with wood or paper products that just attracts termites and carpenter ants and it's all very preventable but you need to be aware of the contributing factors which is usually moisture intrusion moisture is what typically kills a house and brings the critters in and uh I've seen thousands upon thousands of dollars of termite damage that needed to be cut out and repaired and re-supported and replaced to just take care of what could have been a $30 leak fix 10 years ago. How can you tell it's termite damage if you can't look inside the walls? There's signs of uh, activity on the outside of walls. Like say, for example, where the foundation comes out of the soil as it goes into the siding, you can see mud tunnels. They look like little little uh, dirt tubes that are sandy, and you touch them, they basically fall apart. Sometimes they're moist, and that's a sign of recent activity inside them. And a lot of times you'll find granules or sawdust in corners that are in close proximity to soil. And in some cases, it's severe enough that you'll f- just be walking a floor, and you'll feel excessive excessive creaking and movement under your feet by perimeter walls and that's usually from some sort of intrusion that that was uh contributed by termites most people think of a home inspection for when they're about to buy property do you do any home inspections for people who have had the same house for 20 or 30 years and want just want to check to make sure it's okay, kind of like a doctor's checkup? Many times. And I always tell people, our cars get inspected every year. Why shouldn't your house? Your house is exposed to the elements, critters, foliage, 
people coming and going, cleaning things on a regular basis, moving things. There's lots of workings and mechanicals in your house that are affected on a daily basis that are subject to wear and tear. And if you're in your house for 20, 30 years and you're flushing that same toilet for however many years since it's been installed, or you're using the wand for your kitchen sink and pulling that in and out of the kitchen sink, that's going to have some some wear issues. You could have leaks that you don't know about. You could have circuits in your house that have been used by various appliances throughout the years, and some appliances will draw more than others. And if you have the right combinations of appliances on the same circuit at the same time, some of those wires may have heated up. That can cause melting on the insulation inside the electrical panel and really show some signs that some attention needs to be given to some wiring, some receptacles, some switches, breakers, or worst case scenario, you may have an old panel that looks perfect from the 70s, but it's a known fire hazard because the breakers have a life expectancy of 20, 25 years, depending on the manufacturer. There's lots of hazardous equipment that's still in place that people think is perfect, and they have no idea that a buyer's inspector is going to come in and say, you need to get rid of that because that's a known fire hazard. So... It's also a good idea to have your home inspected if you're planning to put it on the market. Absolutely. So you don't get any surprises when the buyer's inspector suddenly points out, oh, by the way, you need a new roof. Sure. I go to a lot of houses. I just did one recently, last Monday. I had a house that was beautifully redone. Roof looked like it was about five, six years old. Go through the entire house, get into the basement. I find a significant amount of moisture damage next to where the chimney is. Go outside, don't see anything. So my only suspect is up top, my what looks like a beautiful roof. I found a hole the size of my foot in the roof next to the chimney. It probably wasn't there more than five, six months, but every time it rained for five, six months, water was finding its way into that hole as opposed to into the gutters. And that water was finding its way down through the framing of the house into the basement. And now the subfloor or the first floor that's 25 feet below it was all rotted and soft and moldy. Hmm. So... Looks are very deceiving if you're not investigating further. I'm assuming you get a lot of referrals from real estate agents? I do, yes. I have a, I have a good following of real estate agents, uh, particularly the ones that like to have things done right and like to have their clients in good hands and well taken care of. They uh, tend to value an expert opinion of the condition of the house from an unbiased uh, set of eyes that can say, Yes, you need to have a plumber look at this. Yes, you need to have an electrician look at this. Or, by some chance, maybe there'll only be one or two things and it really will be perfect, which does happen on occasion, but typically not too often. What are some of the more memorable inspections you've done here on the island? There's so many that it's kind of hard to pinpoint one specifically. I've gone into houses where I've heard running water. And we couldn't figure out what it was from. The owner had no idea. And she literally had an underground stream in her basement. She considered her basement a wet basement. She had three pumps in three of the four corners of the basement. And when those pumps weren't on, you still heard water running. That water was just water filling up from underground streams into her uh, French drainage system and sump pump pits in the basement. She had so much water coming out of that basement on a good day that those pumps were cycling on and off every couple of minutes. And as opposed to a little bitty pit 
that the pumps were in, in a typical French drainage system, these were 55-gallon drums that were sunk into the floor that were just filling with water every couple of minutes, and the pumps had to keep cranking away. What do you do when you find that? Um, my personal recommendation, you run. <laughs> Unless you like having a, a water feature that will fill your basement up if you don't have power. In yeah, short of building a fountain or possibly an indoor pool, what do you do when you have, suddenly have a river in your basement? On a situation like that, that was specifically due to the after effects of underground waterways changing after Sandy, there really wasn't any good way of fixing that other than making sure she had constant power backup. She had battery backup systems for her pumps, and she had a standby generator that kicked on after about 20, 30 seconds of no power. And she had three pumps and went to five pumps. So she had some redundancy to ensure that her finished basement didn't get flooded again. But there's no stopping Mother Nature. But that, that I have to say, is probably the most unique wet basement situation I have ever encountered. And I've, I've done uh, thousands of inspections, but none that I truly thought I would be up to my ankles in water by the time the inspection was over. <laughs> Have you ever come across something that you thought was eminently dangerous? It's the, oh my God, we need to fix this right now. I actually have on a number of occasions. One inspection I did, I personally got quite ill in an attic in Brooklyn. I was in this little attic, and I got up there. Looked like your typical 1900s house that was your typical row house from Brook in Brooklyn. Looking around, looking around, and I worked my way towards the back of the attic, and I just started feeling sick. I was getting nauseous. My nose was burning. I'm like, this isn't good. And I realized there was a bluish haze in the attic and realized that I was staring at what was the face of a chimney, not a brick wall that was a partition wall. It was really an old 1900s chimney that all the mortar had failed and there was no flue liner and the exhaust was venting directly into the attic and got myself out of there, let the homeowner know because obviously I'm obligated to let any occupants know of any imminent dangers and uh, we literally called the fire department. My, my uh, CO detector that was conveniently clipped onto my bag at the opening to the attic didn't do much good to me up there. But by the time I was getting out of the attic, I couldn't get it to stop screaming until I brought it outside. It was uh, pretty significant. And when the fire department came, they said uh, that the owner that lived in the house was very fortunate they didn't sleep on that top floor because it was the numbers were higher than some of the guys had ever seen. And once they went up to the roof, the chimney was actually capped off, and the only means of exhausting for her oil burner and hot water heater were into that attic and out of the roof ventilation. It, it was not a good situation at all. But that and uh, a uh, house that was literally powered by the neighbor's electrical system off of your little flimsy lamp cord electrical cord powering the whole house <laughs> and it the wires were so hot the plastic was literally dripping off of it they had a 14 gauge wire powering a refrigerator and all the lights in the house fortunately it was a vacant house but this was somebody's temporary answer for power so a couple of strange dangers have come across throughout the years but those are the ones that definitely stick out. <laughs>
If you find mold or radon or something similar, are you personally able to fix it? I am not. Um, you have to think of me kind of as a primary care physician. I can go in, identify the problems, and recommend the proper qualified professionals to come in. In instances where I find mold, or as I'm allowed to call it, would be an organic growth, uh, because I'm not allowed to declare something mold unless I have tested it, and I personally don't do the testing, I would take a sampling and send it to a lab. But if I'm going to see something that's quote-unquote organic growth or mold, I'm going to say you need to bring in a mold remediation contractor to properly remediate all the mold and spores. That way you don't contaminate healthy areas of the house. If I were to find a an asbestos hazard, say for example, old vermiculite insulation that has asbestos or is known to have asbestos in it, I would recommend an asbestos abatement contractor. And for radon, which we typically don't have on the island, I, I tend to only run into radon in Staten Island and up in Westchester, I would, I would recommend a radon remediation contractor to put a system in that is known for pulling the ventilated air out from under a slab and to the exterior of the home. There's special contractors that install systems like that, which uh, I haven't had to encounter all that much due to majority of my work being on Long Island, Brooklyn, and Queens. Is it true that in New York, home inspectors aren't allowed to work as remediators? If you're performing at a home inspection, you're not allowed to operate as any specified trade. If, like, say, for example, if I was an electrician and I performed an a inspection on a property, I should not be that that electrician to follow that inspector. If I was a carpenter and I found framing deficiencies in the basement as an inspector, I'm not allowed to be the carpenter to repair that as well. As an inspector, are you licensed by the state? Yes. Yes, I've been licensed by the state since 2011, and there's a rigorous training and basically experience that's needed to become an inspector. Once you obtain your license, that's just the tip of the iceberg because you can only get so much out of books. And when you're taking your home inspection training classes, we're required to do mock inspections and in a, a few weeks you can only see so many properties and the state only requires you to see so many properties and in all reality that's just a fraction of the experience that you need to be an efficient inspector. I've seen thousands of properties to get where I am today to have the amount of experience I am and I knew next to none of the information I know now at the time I got licensed. So when people are calling around getting quotes for home inspections and they get a really cheap quote, that might be a bit of a red flag on it's someone who's just starting out. Absolutely. Or somebody who prides themselves on doing an inspection and in and out in 45 minutes. Take a couple of pictures, if they even take pictures, and run out the door. They basically do the bare minimum, and that's about it, and don't have, in many cases, the knowledge or experience behind them to identify the interesting nuances you find in new houses, old houses, pretty houses, ugly houses. When a first-time homebuyer calls you to do an inspection, 
Should I be there during the inspection? In a perfect world, absolutely. I've done tons of inspections where the buyer's not present, but I always like having them with me. That way, should I come across anything that's unique and needs some explaining and I need to educate them on it, I'd like for them to see it firsthand rather than them encountering it for the first time with pictures and a paragraph and a report and me explaining to them over the phone while they're staring at pictures that may or may not make sense because pictures do a lot of things justice but if you have somebody pointing pointing at it and explaining what caused it and what contributed to it and what exactly they need to look for or what they need to do to prevent further deterioration depending on the scenario it's always a good idea so it's best for them to physically be there at the time of inspection you and a first-time home buyer are doing a house and you find just some very scary things how do you report this well I try and get a feel for what they're expecting if they're expecting to go into a house that they're looking to throw furniture in and move in or if they're looking to get themselves in a renovation project or if they're just looking to take on little projects here and there as they're functional and living in the house. And if, if say, for example, I find something that's of significant concern and they're not looking to get into projects, I try and educate them on what's involved with correcting whatever deficiency it is and explaining what's involved with the repairs or remediation, who's going to be involved in taking care of things, what types of contractors, what types of qualifications those contractors are going to need, and basically educate them as best as I can. That way, I'm not scaring them, because if you're scaring somebody, they're never going to want to buy a house. And you might scare them out of the market and in the houses that they can afford. I've gone to many houses with first-time home buyers that they were in a specific budget and they were very disappointed with the types of houses they were finding and nobody took the time to explain to them why they were encountering specific disasters in every house and suddenly their dreams got crushed because they weren't able to get into what they thought they were going to without taking care of a few things. But once they're familiar with what there is to expect, it kind of softens the blow and helps them out. And they tend to be happier and more aware of what they're getting into. Have you ever told a potential buyer, I, run away? <laughs> I, I have gotten into situations where I knew the buyer wasn't comfortable with what we were encountering. And... I've used the example of my sister and my brother-in-law and said this may be something that they wouldn't feel comfortable dealing with without having a contracting background and without having their own professional expertise to remediate a situation. So might be biting off more than they can chew. But I basically put every effort into all my inspections to treat all my clients as if I was doing an inspection for my family and holding their hand. How did you get into home inspecting? I've uh, been involved in the construction world for almost 20 years, being a project manager for numerous job sites. By trade, I was an audio-video contracting project manager, and I would design theater systems, media rooms, theaters in 
very high-end houses that involved all trades. I would have to bring in HVAC contractors. I'd have to bring in plumbers, electricians, framers, architects and engineers to reconfigure houses and restructure them to make these projects happen. And I was the one orchestrating all of it, basically got involved with all trades. I pretty much had a very good handle on all workings of houses due to that experience and came up with an opportunity to have the time to go to school for it. Went for my licensing and it kind of stuck and I truly enjoy it. What's your favorite part of the job? Educating people on the houses that they're looking at and educating them on the houses that they're already in so they can avoid disasters and not have surprises. Because I'm sure many people have seen the movie The Money Pit and nobody wants to be in that situation when they buy a house. They want to know everything they can when they get into it. So the less surprises, the better for everybody. How can someone reach you if they have any additional questions? I'm always reachable on my cell phone, 516-220-5841. Calls, texts, anytime. And uh, email as well, aah underscore inspections at optonline.net. But naturally, calling or texting is always quickest. Do you have a website? I do, aahinspections.com. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a great week. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you do business on Long Island and want to learn more about the Midday Referral Network, visit our website at middayreferrals with two Ds.com. Catch you next time.